The unfortunate reality is that most nonfiction books either fail to attract an audience or they achieve only limited short-term success. And even those that do succeed often do so based on expensive marketing campaigns or temporary media buzz or perhaps the author's popularity. And as a result, it can be very difficult for new authors to break through and create a lasting impact. Write Useful Books by Rob Fitzpatrick presents an alternative strategy for achieving success. It explains how to plan, write, test, and refine engaging nonfiction books based on proven strategies from the world of entrepreneurship and technology-based startups. This approach can help an author create a truly useful book, one that not only is enjoyed by its readers, but also automatically attracts new readers through word of mouth referral. So with that in mind, let's dive into my three favorite insights from the book, beginning with insight number one. A truly useful book doesn't require much marketing. While there are several different ways that you can be successful in publishing nonfiction, far and away the best approach, as explained in the book, is to create a book that is so useful to readers that they naturally share and recommend it to other people who might also benefit from the book. Now, Typically, nonfiction falls into one of two categories. There are pleasure givers and there are problem solvers. So when it comes to pleasure givers, these kinds of books are typically described as being interesting, fascinating, or possibly intriguing. They're the kind of book that someone might enjoy reading without necessarily having a clear goal in mind. Now, problem solvers are typically described as being useful, actionable, or clarifying. And by definition, this style of book aims to solve a very specific problem on behalf of its readers. Now, as explained in the book, this is the ideal type of nonfiction book that you wanna write because by definition, you have a clear sense of what it is that you're trying to provide for readers. Whereas a pleasure giver is a little bit harder to define in terms of its objective, a problem solver can be tested, refined, and validated prior to publication. So even before you go to print or even before you potentially line up a deal with a publisher, you can validate that the content of your book truly creates a difference in the life of your reader and that it does indeed solve their problem. Now, it should be mentioned that almost any kind of a nonfiction book can be converted into a problem solver. So if you've already begun your book project and right now it's more of a pleasure giver, well, odds are that there is an opportunity to convert it into a problem solver by defining what exactly it is that you're aiming to provide for readers. And by taking this approach, you too can benefit from being able to test and validate the concept of your book and your ability to provide value for readers prior to publication. Now, as I mentioned earlier, many books typically achieve very short-term success. So they might experience a nice big launch right off the beginning and then sales steadily decline over time because their initial marketing campaign or their initial press coverage caused an initial spike in sales, but then after that, sales steadily decline as less and less people hear about the book. Now, a truly useful book as explained by author Rob Fitzpatrick, does the exact opposite. You start with low initial sales numbers, but as you get your book into the hands of more and more readers, those numbers steadily increase over time because they enjoy your book, they get a chance to apply the ideas, they share and recommend it with other potential readers, and they in turn get to enjoy it and recommend it even further. So you start with low numbers and they actually accelerate over time. Now, the one challenge here, of course, is getting the momentum started. So 
What you need to do is focus all of your marketing efforts on reaching your first 1,000 readers. So after you test and validate that your book is truly effective and actually helps solve a problem for people, you need to get it into the hands of about 1,000 readers who can then enjoy the content, share and recommend it to others, and allow your book to build meaningful momentum. So with that in mind, let's continue on to tip number two. Start with a clear promise for a specific reader profile. A truly useful book begins with a very clear promise that you make to the reader. And typically, this promise is in the form of the subtitle of the book. So you might have a creative title that is designed to attract readers' attention, but the subtitle is where you make a clear promise in terms of what readers can expect to get from reading the book. So for example, you might aim to help them achieve a goal, answer a question, understand a concept, develop a skill, or improve their life in some other significant way. Now, of course, making a clear promise also ties into what we've been talking about earlier here, where it makes the entire content of the book more testable and provable even prior to going to print. So by making a very clear statement around exactly what you intend to provide to readers, you make it possible to validate whether or not you meet that standard. Now, a really key component of this is also identifying and describing a very clear reader profile, getting very clear on exactly who the book is intended to help. This is important, of course, because even when you aim to solve a very specific problem, different people are gonna be at different stages of that problem. And if you try to solve the problem for everybody from complete beginners to seasoned pros or from people that are on some other kind of a spectrum and when it comes to just how far along the journey they are, well, naturally, when you try to appeal to everybody, it waters down your message and makes your book less engaging because you're trying to solve it for everybody. You're trying to include tips and strategies for all kinds of different audiences and the book is just that much less interesting and less specific to one target audience. So it's very important that you get clear on the reader profile that you are serving. So you have a clear promise and you have a clear reader profile. Now, one of my favorite tips from the book relates to how to achieve five-star ratings on a platform like Amazon. And the idea here is when you're very clear about your target reader profile and you make a very clear promise, it's far easier to achieve four and a half or five-star ratings because you're not making the mistake of attracting people that aren't the ideal audience for your book. Oftentimes, poor ratings are a result of defining a book too broadly and attracting readers who won't actually benefit as much from the content of the book. So when they go through the book, invariably, they aren't impressed, it wasn't perfect for them, and they end up leaving lower ratings. And this, in turn, hurts your ability to reach your intended audience. So the key here is making sure that you're very clear when it comes to defining the scope of your book. And as explained by author Rob Fitzpatrick, scope equals promise plus reader profile plus who it's not for plus what it won't cover. So you wanna get very clear, even before you start writing your book, who it is that you're serving, what is the promise that you're making to them, who is the book not for, and of course, what will it not be covering? And by creating this formula and getting very clear on the content and the messaging of your book, it's just that much easier to serve your ideal audience and to ensure that they get value from the book and are far more likely to recommend it to other people like themselves. So with that in mind, let's continue on to insight number three. Deliver on the promise to drive word of mouth referrals. 
The unfortunate reality is that most problem-solving books actually fail to deliver on the promise that they made to their readers. So the book might be interesting, it might be fascinating, it might provide some useful information, but at the end of the day, it fails to deliver the outcome that was promised to the reader. Now, the good news here is if you can do this differently, if you can actually meet this standard, if you can create a book that is truly useful and actually delivers on the promise that you make to readers, then not only will people love the book and share and recommend it to other people, but odds are you will have growing success over time. So think of this as being a relatively low bar. Now, of course, you do need to deliver, you do need to have a truly useful book, but the fact that so many books out there fail to meet this standard creates a very powerful opportunity because if you can can indeed meet and surpass this standard, then you're far more likely to be successful. Now, when it comes to actually achieving this, the book explains four different components that are critical when it comes to creating a book that is not only useful, but actually grows in popularity over time. And those four components form the acronym DEEP. It must be desirable in that it promises an outcome that readers actually want. It must be effective in that it delivers real results for the average reader. It must be engaging in that it's front-loaded with value and rewarding to read. And it must be polished in that it's professionally written and well-presented. The logic behind this is simple and straightforward. In order for customers to truly consider buying your book in the first place, it must be desirable. It must solve a problem or an issue that matters enough to them for them to consider going out and buying a book to solve it. Now, of course, once they buy your book, the content must be effective. It needs to actually solve their problem in order for them to consider sharing or recommending it to other people. And of course, in order for them to find out if it is effective, the book needs to be engaging. It must be engaging from beginning to end so that they complete the book and actually discover how effective it can be. And finally, in order for them to take the book seriously and to have confidence in their ability to share and recommend it to other people, it must be polished and well-presented. Now, in addition to these points, it's also very important to consider the longevity of your message. Ideally, you wanna select a promise or an outcome that is relatively timeless, where people care about it today and they're likely to care about it years or even decades into the future because one of the core themes here with this whole strategy is building momentum over time. So by selecting a promise or selecting an outcome that is relatively timeless and by avoiding tips and strategies and information that is likely to become dated very quickly, if we can avoid that, we can create a situation where we can steadily build momentum through word of mouth referral and reach a larger and larger audience with a book that remains relevant. So those are my three favorite insights from the book. Now, as is always the case with these book summaries, there is so much more covered in the book that we simply cannot get to in this short format. And the goal with these summaries isn't to be a substitute for reading the book, but rather to help you identify whether or not the book is right for you. So. If you can tell that this is a strategy that you wanna use when it comes to writing your own book, then I highly recommend that you pick up a copy of the original book. It covers so much more, including how to create a deep and useful book, how to improve your book even before you write it, how to strengthen 
the recommendation loop, how to gather valuable feedback from beta readers, how self-publishing compares to traditional publishing, and much, much more. Now, the original reason why I picked up this book was purely out of curiosity. I'd read a previous book from author Rob Fitzpatrick, and I really enjoyed it. And so when I saw the theme and the topic of this book, I thought, well, that would be intriguing. I've always thought about potentially writing a book at some point, some undefined point in the future. And so when I saw this, I thought, well, at very least, I'm going to learn some interesting information and I can share it with viewers on YouTube. But as I went through the book, I've actually been inspired to begin my own book project. And while I'm at the very beginning of the process, I'm very excited with the overall direction. So if you're interested in following the journey and following my updates over time, then I highly recommend that you subscribe to the channel and turn on notifications. That way you'll be notified of future videos. And of course, you can visit rickketner.com. That's also where I will likely be publishing updates in the future. Like I said, I'm very early in the process right now, so there might not be any updates there yet, but at some point in the future, I do plan to share the journey, so I encourage you to follow along if you're interested. But when it comes to this particular book, if you have any questions or comments about anything that we covered here, let me know down in the comment section. And again, be sure to subscribe and visit rickketner.com. That's where you can go to discover the very best books for entrepreneurs.